Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Tower of Babel was actually a real place. Because sometimes when we read Bible, you probably think it's a mythical or mystical thing. This was actually, it was a real location on earth. Still, the ruins remain to this day in Iraq. And they found it. They found the entire ancient city of Babylon. That entire civilization was found. So it's not something we're making up. It's not a story from the ancient or maybe a... You know how allegorical stories come from ancient? Because that's one of the things many historians argue about the Bible is that most of the Bible is allegory and buried in the midst of the ancient Middle East and stuff like that. But this is a real place. They found it. This is not like the ark where they have where they found three or four different arcs and different locations. This is actually real that is Babel was a place and Babylon existed in civilization. There are thousands and the father of history, Herodotus, was someone who wrote parallel to the Bible. One of the guys who confirmed the Bible mostly for historians, this guy called Herodotus, who actually was able to chronicle history at the times of Christ, before Christ in the ancient Babylon. He wrote a parallel story that was not the Bible, but everything said what the Bible said as well. And you can see this tower was dedicated to the, to the god Madoc, the god of the ancient Babylonians. And of course, uh, there are actually images that show Nebuchadnezzar who built the tower side by side with him. So there are so many arguments about it, but one thing that is real, there was a tower, there was Babylon. So Babel to Zion. This is the topic for today. Babel to Zion. Say it out with me, Babel to, to Zion. Babel to Zion, Babel to Zion. So Babel is a confused noise made by a number of voices. That's 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 it's a software now, so it's also called Babel. So it has to do with uh, aggregation of voices and stuff like that. It's a software like that. But the historical is a city in China where the building of a tower is halted by the confusion of songs. This is like a dictionary definition of Babel. Zion is the hill city of Jerusalem. The city of David was built in Zion. And there are two things we're talking about today. Babel and Zion. Babel and Zion. Something else about Zion is that it's the Christian, is in the Christian thought, Zion refers to the kingdom of God. Zion is no more an earthly city than Zion is the kingdom of God. So these are the two definitions I want you to keep in mind before we go into the study this morning. How Babel was built. Genesis chapter 11, verse 3 to 4. You can actually read the whole of Genesis chapter 11. The account of Babel the Tower of Babel is written fully there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city, a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. 
the idea of this city was to use human effort to construct something, you know, and build a city and build a tower. So the entire idea of making Babylon, so Tower of Babel was the was the high point of the city of Babylon. So it wasn't just a tower of Babel that was being built. It was the entire region. It was supposed to build a kingdom of excellence, a New York City kind of a, a high place where the whole world and the civilizations of the world will look up to as the center for civilization, as the center for architecture, as the center for intelligence. It was actually very intelligent in the way it was built. And you can see the cascading way in which it was built. The image, the original image that was founded by archaeologists pointed this way, and it was built in such an intelligent way. Very, very intelligent. So when we talk about Bible. Some of us think like, oh, they just rushed a building. They just rushed one anyhow kind of building and then it fell apart. It was so creative. It was so built on the excellence of human ideology. It was so powerful what they were building that in their day, that technology has not been seen. And they wanted to build something that would pierce the earth's stratosphere beyond the earth into the realm beyond. I will go into that shortly. But the Lord came down, verse 5, to see the city and the tower which the sons of men built, had built. They were building it. They had built it. And the Lord said, indeed, these people are one. They all have one language. And this what they begin to do. Now nothing they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down. And there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. This is actually something very telling about how things end. Once the language of a people is confused, they cannot build anything together. Any move of God is predetermined by a uniformity of language. Anything that God wants to do in another time actually has to do with the rallying together of intelligence and the rallying together of speech and the rallying together of language and the rallying. So if you notice, every generation has a new language. So there's a lexicon for the millennials. There's a lexicon for Gen Zs and there's a lexicon for Gen Alphas. Every generation comes with a language. That language refers to the way and manner in which those people communicate. And guess what? You will not be able to enter into that language except they open a door for you. So many of us don't understand Gen Zs. We don't understand Gen Z people. Why? Because their language is different. So as a parent, you're parenting Gen Zs, you have to, I have four Gen Zs in my house. You know, so that's actually absolutely wild. I now discovered this week that they have all left Instagram because the parents are on Instagram. Do you guys understand? So where are they? Uh, TikTok or something else. So I need to now investigate. Do you guys understand that? So my kids were the ones who taught me how to use Snapchat in the days when it came out. 
She was just exactly 13 years old, allowed to do social media for the first time. She was teaching me, who was an IT professional, how to use Snapchat. You snap like this, you freeze the image like this, you go here. It's like five, six years ago, she was teaching me how to use Snapchat. There's a language. And the way to access that language is to generate their trust. If you get their trust, if they know that you're not going to harm them, if they know that you, they can trust you, if they know that you, they have access into you, then all of a sudden they begin to open the deep things in their heart. And that gated community now has access for you. That generation has to allow you. Sometimes we feel like our generation is better than the younger generation, but we don't know how passionate they are about justice, how passionate they are about fixing things, how passionate they are about changing the world, how passionate they are about us judging other people without knowing the full story. They are very touchy about whether how we treat gays and lesbians. They are very touchy about how we handle the things of, of, of people who don't, who don't like us. They are, they are very touchy. All my kids will look at me, Dad, that was not nice. They are actually judging me, a pastor, in terms of how my discretion works because they are acutely sensitive. Meanwhile, these are the people who look down and say, these people, useless generation. No, they have God wired into their own DNA, but it must be spoken in their own language. So God said, let's come down and see these people and see what they are building. They are so one, so one in language and everything they imagine will happen. Once oneness of language happens, there's nothing you can't do. You see our music team, you know why they look good together? Right now, I can only see the problems because I am a pastor, so I see the details. Our guitarist is not around. Our drum, our bass combo is blown. Our kick, the mic is not working. Do you know, you guys didn't know this, this right? I know everything. Do you understand? I notice like every single detail of what's happening. Our projector is not working. The reason is because the power is off from the switchboard. I notice details. Do you understand? I notice everything. Every single thing I notice. Right? One of our, one of our feedback monitors is not on because they took this, the socket to activate the other one. Look at it. It's lying down there. It's not working. Do you understand? So... This is actually the whole idea of this band being together. Why how they sing well together is because they've been three years together. No change of people. Three years of singing every day, of rehearsing every week, of working hard together so they can feel each other. They can feel each other. They can. And I tell them, if you go off by yourself, sometimes you'll be a lone wolf. You will struggle to have this level of togetherness and sync and just working together in the spirit that they have. Do you understand? Because being together, being of one language has a power. It has a power. It has a different kind of power. And that's what I, we shared last week about that oneness. When we are together, the anointing oil that flows, the devil will do anything to remove you from the place where grace will reach you. And when you stand by yourself, you don't have what it takes to stand alone. Many of us don't have. We actually overestimate ourselves and the power we have. The Bible says, iron sharpens iron. So a man, the countenance of his brother. That's an aside. I don't know who that's for. But we're talking about Bible today. Nothing seems wrong with the Bible idea on the face of it. 
They will ascend to the heavens. Look at the four points here. They will ascend to the heavens. They will make a name for themselves. They will not be scattered. They will make a purpose happen. They will be a significant people. Ascending to the heavens actually doesn't mean ascending to the heavens. It actually means they understood via astronomy that there are portals in the second heavens. Do you understand what that means? That means that there's a place in the second heavens that you begin to access powers. Have you seen necromancers and stargazers? They understand the power of the stars. And guess what? If you start, if you start doing star reading, tarot card, if you start all of these things, you are actually operating of the power, fallen powers in the second heavens. So the Babylonians were saying, we're going to ascend into the realm of the powers of the second heavens. What does that tell you? It means they are trying to bring about heavy witchcraft that will undermine the power of the third heavens. This was spiritual warfare that they were trying to do. So, you got it. The Revelations 18 began to describe Babylon. Say, after these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon, the great, is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. Babylon is fallen. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornications with her. And the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people! Lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plague. Look at the category of the people who drunk the wine of the Babylon's fornication. What are the, what are the, what are the categories we see here? Number one, the kings of the earth committed fornications with her. Who are the second people? The merchants of the earth have become rich through abundance of our luxury. Kings, merchants, business leaders, intelligence drinks Babylon. Theater, movies, arts, drinks, Babylon. The workplace drinks Babylon. The systems of the earth drinks Babylon. They drink the wine of our adultery. There will always be two locations from where intelligence emerges. Babylon or Zion. There will always be two locations from where kingship emerge. Babylon or Zion. This is the thing that the word of God is saying to us today. So what is Babylon in 2021? The opposition, the rule of God by current world powers or the excoriation of God's people from their spiritual position. This is the best metaphor for Babylon. Let me explain. When you see gay rights become human rights, that is Babylon. When you see saying abortion is actually about life, that is Babylon. When you see some things in the media, gender dysphoria, that is Babylon. 
When you see so many things fighting against the people of God, when you see how this coronavirus warfare is fought, that is Babylon. Yes, a system, organized system designed to control people and to make people like sheep. They will all enter into one place and do one thing. Now, that is Babylon. It looks perfect on the outside. It looks logical to everybody, but that is organized Babylon for you. The governments of this world drink Babylon juice. Trust me, they drink it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And their paradigm sits on Babylonic intelligence. What is Babylon? That idea that God is irrelevant. That idea that God is no more in 2021. That idea that these things were doing of God. Forget about God. Forget about your religious strongholds. They call it religion. That is Babylon. So, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, the pulling down of strongholds, the Bible says, right? Let me tell you something. The main warfare, the Yoruba culture, actually, and many of Nigeria's uh, southern cultures sit in a lot of suspicion. Most of this suspicion was born out of the slave trade, help me. Most of this suspicion was born out of the slave trade. You know, the white man, when they came to start taking slaves from Africa, they actually didn't take slaves themselves. Guess who took slaves for them? Fellow Africans. So that's the anger in black Americans against us who are in Africa that you guys sold us. So you never understand the anger of black Americans against Africans because it's like as if our fathers sold them. So the Egun will go and arrest the Egba people. One tribe will go and arrest the other tribe and sell them off. This is how Af African families and distrust was born inside our tribes. It was the product of colonial offer of that slave trade, where at the end of the slave trade, 800 million Africans were removed from Africa and planted across America, Europe, and the, and the, and the Caribbeans. 800 hundred million that's four times the size of nigeria that was removed from africa how did they were they removed it was always a brother saying oh come let's go here come let's go here after a while the brother will arrest you tie you in the hand hand you over to the white man it was sedition of the highest order so we grew up not trusting each other so our entire christianity is built on enemies your enemies will die your enemies will fall why did we hear these enemies? Why does this sound attractive? Why are hundreds of people in a church that commands all the enemies to die by fire? You, do, you know, do you know why? It's because our entire history was based on distrust. So your father will tell you, you see this tribe, don't marry from there. Those people are not good people. Ibo people, Ibo people, they're not, do you understand? Omo Ibo, do you understand? And then the Yorubas will see the other tribe, ah, Ijebu, Omo Ijebu, that is not good. Like, among the Igbos, they are the ones who are slaves and they are the ones who are free. There's the Osus and the free men. You, you can never marry an Osu. I had these were two, Abriba and uh, Ohafia. They share a common boundary. The father of the girl in Ohafia said that she will never marry the, the man next door. The next day, I say, why? I don't know. It goes back in history, but he has been the enforcer on behalf of other Abriba. Now he's down to his daughter. He wants to hand her over to an Ohafia man. 
like it never happened. The guy said, I will take you guys to court. I will say, the church, we are ready. Take us to court. We married them. Because we asked, wrote him a letter asking him a reason why he said, no, just we got in as a church. That's the power of being together. So, we have a whole warfare system based on enemies in Africa. We have a whole church built on a fighting enemies. The entire thing is a distraction. That is not the real warfare. That's not the real warfare. This is the warfare of kingdoms. Is it going to be God? Or is it going to be the cult of Babylon? Your next door neighbor is not your enemy. Your business partner is not your enemy. There is a spirit behind them. So let's kick out the religion of, of fighting enemies for one minute and let's discover that we have only one academy. I'm not saying that you don't have problems. I'm not saying that there are no witches. I'm not saying that there are no people attacking from the village. But let me tell you, there is a bigger agenda at work than that. And if you key into the bigger agenda, there will be no time for that. There will be no time for that. There will be no time for local enemies. No time. No time. The main strategy for this warfare is distraction. You are busy fighting small wars. You are busy solving problems that don't count. You are busy chasing personal prophecy. You are busy trying to build your personal tribe. You are busy trying to make your personal accomplishments. Meanwhile, there is a bigger kingdom to build. Meanwhile, there is a deeper agenda to establish. Meanwhile, there is something bigger than your local assembly. What God wants to do will be bigger than anyone of us it will take more than you to build the kingdom of God it will take us holding hands across the aisle it will take us breaking down denominational boundaries it will take us coming together as a church it will take us over and over again meeting together why do you think like whatever any church wants around me they can have it anything they want they can have it I don't even feel like it's, a, it's anything like they can have it Pastor Easy wants us to do conference together in, in Port Harcourt. I'm okay. Let's go. Ghana, let's go. Joss, Pastor Chintok, let's go. So long as our spirits agree together. And some of you guys, I'm trying to draw you in. You're like, oh no, that's not our church. Break down that wall. Touch someone and say, break down that wall. Break down that wall. Break down that wall. Touch somebody else and say, break down that wall. Shake them a little bit and say, break down that wall. Break it down. Break down the walls that divide us. Break it down because you're building a cult. You know what a cult is? A cult is what nobody can become a part. If you have a fellowship where people cannot come, that's a cult. It's a cult. It's a cult. Many of us want to build cults. We don't want to build Zion. Build beyond Babylon. Babylon is that thing that wants to do your own thing. And it's, it's very plenty in this generation. Everybody wants to do their own thing. Everybody cannot work with anyone. Do you know what happened to me? I was a pastor in a church. And I got kicked out. So I've never told this story here before. But I'll tell it today. I got kicked out. Yeah, I did. I didn't do anything. Yes, you ask, what did you do? No, I didn't do anything. <laughs> but I got kicked out. When I got kicked out, 
Someone came and met me and said, Pastor Mo, start your own. Start your own. We're going to give you the money. I'm going to give you the money. Very rich person. I'm going to give you the money. Start your own. The Holy Spirit tell me, don't listen to Don't listen to this person. Don't listen. Go away. Go far away. Make no noise. Say nothing to nobody. Don't become the reason why the body is divided. Disappear. You make yourself disappear from the scene. I left Nigeria. I said, God, where do I go? Within one week, I got my entire family passports and stuff to get out of Nigeria. One week, that was the shortest I've seen the application. We, we moved to Scotland as missionaries. One day, I was standing in Scotland. I said, God, you brought me here. I went to the city center. I was applying for 200 jobs a, a day. Nothing was happening. I went to the city center. I said, God, I went to the city center of Aberdeen and said, God, you own this city. Before demons took it over, you owned it. You are the original owner. So right here in this square, I command a role to emerge from me. The next day, I got an interview and got a job. The very next day, the very next day, it was really good, 7,000 pounds a month, a Mercedes-Benz official car, regional director for Scotland for a German industrial automation business. Like, absolutely wild. Do you guys understand that God can send you? That God showed me that to tell me that I want you to go away. After four years, God says, okay, go back. The noise has died. Nobody who knows you is in that place, in the same position. So I went back. I came back and I went to the same church. I went to the same church. Went back there because I'm a loyal guy. I will serve you to the rest of my life. I don't break ranks. I serve with everything I have. Give me any place, I will serve you. I will serve you with everything. So, I went back to the same place. Everybody's face was turning. Like, our pastor doesn't want you here. What are you doing here? That's the atmosphere I got. But I stayed because I'm a hard man. Hadiza, Hadiza was crying every day at home. I just go home and pet her. I just go and pet her. Pet her, very hugger. Don't worry. But the people of God. But the people of God. Pet her. She's asleep. Next week I go back again. One day, there was an altercation in the pastor's lounge after I just stepped out. What is that guy doing? Why is he eating our apples? And then the Holy Spirit said, whispered to me in the car that moment, is it until they beat you physically before you know I've released you? The whole world is mine. Go anywhere. Go. I'm sure none of you have said this story before. You heard a little bit of it, right? <laughs> and I went. As normal, I was asking God, what should I do? Oh, Ferdinand came and said, oh, he wants to start the church. I said, Ferdinand, let's go for it. I went and helped him start the, the, the tribe. I stood, I served with him for two years, built his leadership team, sat in every single meeting with them. He will preach, I will hear him. I say, this is doctrinally wrong. This is correct. He wants to correct me in the middle. I say, no, Ferdinand, wait. This one, I'm professor. You're a student. <laughs> I served in the tribe. After a while, God says, go. 
was like, uh, he says, go and heal people. Say you only be as good as the number of people you can heal. I need healers. Go and heal burnt people. Go and serve my kingdom. Go and take the broken, take them and heal them. Pour oil on those who are hurt. As you nurture people, I will nurture you. As you raise people, I will nurture you. Some of you think I have no ambition. <laughs> the Lord destroyed it. The Lord destroyed it. See, when you try to build your own thing, it never works. When you try to build the kingdom of God, God backs it up. Babel is your thing. With Jesus' name all over it, with prayer and fasting all over it, it's still Babel. It's your idea about how you think the kingdom of God will happen in your life. Babel. It's your idea about what you think what you think you can be in God. Babel. Zion! The city of God. Hey! There is something coming bigger than what the whole church has seen. There's a revival coming bigger than the Acts of Apostles. There is something extraordinary about to break out on the scene. It's called Zion. Say it out. Say Zion. The city of God is coming. The glory of heaven is coming. And all who see Zion run differently. All who see Zion position differently. There was once a man who preached strong message like I've never heard. But in the end, he became a man who turned the movement to be about all himself. And who repeated the errors of the past. We are running out of Babel. Let's not build Babel again. Because David, who ran away from Saul, had the opportunity to be the new Saul when his son Adonijah and his son Absalom over and over again rose up to knock him off the throne. He could have just been the same man who threw javelins. He never did. He never did. Why? Because he was minded to go up to the city of Zion. I've jumped all over my message. Don't get angry over your Bible that God wants to destroy. This kept sitting with me. Don't get angry over Bible. Some of the things that God wants to destroy in your life is Bible. <laughs> Don't get angry over Babel. Don't get angry over Babel. I know that God has called me to leaders. And many of you sitting here today are leading something. You will become leaders. You will step into your position. But don't get angry over Babel. Don't get angry over falling kingdoms. Don't get angry over rotten apples that are just about to drop. Don't get angry over things that God has turned his eyes away from. Don't get angry over businesses that are about to close down. Set your eyes forward. Set your eyes to the new holy city in the heart of God. Set your eyes beyond Babel. Set your eyes. 
Revelation chapter 19, the very next chapter after chapter 18 begins to say, And I heard as it were the sound of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, as the sound of mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah! For the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give Him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His wife has made herself ready. The marriage of the bride has come and his wife has made herself ready. Zion is ready. We are Zion. We are the city of God. We are the company of just men made perfect. We are the holy tribe of God. We are the ones who carry God's DNA. We are the ones who carry his nature, his character, his power inside our bones. Zion is a rising idea on the inside of you if you believe it say amen now i saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war his eyes were like a flame of fire his head were many crowns he had a name written that no one knew except himself there's something deeper about this Christianity there's something bigger about worshiping God there's something more about than going to church there's something more than just doing religious routines there's something more than a program there's something deeper and bigger than this moment and that thing is Zion a city is coming something is coming I've seen it I've seen it sometimes my eyes see the glimpses of that city sometimes my eyes see the place where the green in the ocean touches the blue in the sky sometimes my my eyes see it, the end of all horizon sometimes my eyes see it the place where the oceans give way to the sea I, sometimes my eyes see it the place where the circling of the earth is made complete sometimes my eyes see it the portals and the heavenly places where holy transactions are done do you see it church do you see it or do you just want a miracle? You just want a miracle? Believe me, the day you key into Zion, every single miracle need you have will be met. Could it be that part of the reason why you don't have that money, part of the reason why you don't have that job, part of the reason why you don't have what you're looking for is because God wants you in Zion. Could it be that God is delaying your sense of fulfillment and the sense of satisfaction because he wants you on the journey of Zion? Could it be that you never arrive musically, professionally, intelligently to the location because God wants you in Zion? Could there be a call for your life to Zion? This is a rising idea in the heart of God. Zion is calling me to a higher place of praise. Zion is calling me to the city of the living God. A higher idea. A higher idea. A higher hypothesis. Bigger than the voices of men. Bigger than our programs. Bigger than anything we've seen. <laughs> 
bigger than our local assembly. Zion is rising. Zion is rising. Zion is rising. Push down Babylon. Push down the towers of Babel. Confuse your language because you have a plan, a bigger plan, a better plan. What is God asking us? What does Zion involve? Number one, trust. Trust. Babel is not built on trust. It's built on ambition. Zion is built on trust. Hosea chapter 11 verse 1 says, When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. When you didn't know nothing, God already set his love on you. When you didn't want him, God already wanted you. Could it be that some of you here, you don't even know that God wants you now. That's why all the katakata is happening. He wants you in Zion. But can you trust him? Number two, Zion is based on a purpose bigger than we can imagine. So if you are the one ideating and creating the next program for yourself, it's not Zion. Whatever you're designing by yourself and thinking, I have this thing, I have here, I have here, I can build it here, I can take it here, it's not Zion. Zion must be a God idea. So eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has he entered the heart of man, the, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God unlocks these things to us through his spirit. In the spirit we see Zion. The first position of Zion is sit. It's not run. Sit. Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 2. Verse 17 says, He has raised Christ up and seated him at his right hand, far above all principalities and powers. That's verse 1. And 2 verse 4, he says, And you, has he quickened, who were dead in your trespasses and sin, and caused you also to be seated together with Christ in heavenly places. Christ is sitting in heavenly places. We are supposed to be sitting in the heavenly places. Where is this heavenly places? Say it, I'll say third heavens. I can't hear you say third heavens. So Jesus is sitting next to the right hand of the Father. You are sitting next to Jesus Christ. Where is Babel trying to operate from? Second heavens. They're looking for power of the stars. Power of the universe. Asteroids, stargazing. How many of you know that if you start stargazing, oh, I'm Sagittarius. You are Sagittarius. What? You are Scorpion. Are you Scorpion? Gemini. Absolute rubbish. And as long as you start reading it, the next thing they say, oh, you're going to be sad today. All Gemini today is a double mood for you. You know what's happening? You're actually going to go sad. As you read it, you become. You become what you read. You guys know that. You start stargazing, it starts happening for you. Oh, you're going to have trouble in your relationships today. Your wife will just wake up in the morning and start shouting. Can I tell you guys something? Don't open the second heaven portals. You are seated together with Christ in the third heavens. The place where it starts from, sit. 
don't work for me first. Sit. God doesn't want workers. God doesn't want performers. God wants people who sit. <laughs> Even Jesus Christ, God said to him, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. If the son of man needs to sit, you too, sit. Say to someone, sit. You sit first before you walk. You walk first before you stand against the devil. Sit. 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 This is the Zion position. Sit until you become. Sit until transformation happens. Stay. Hallelujah. God, for the Lord shall build up Zion. He shall appear in his glory. He shall regard the prayer of the desert and shall not despise their prayer. For the Lord, let's read this together. It's on the screen. For the Lord shall build up Zion. One, two, go. For the Lord Zion. He shall appear in his glory. He shall regard the prayer of the destitute and shall not despise their prayer. One more time. For the Lord shall build up Zion. He shall appear in his glory. He shall regard the prayer of the destitute and shall not despise their prayer. Psalm 102 verse 16 to 17. God will build you up as Zion. He will hear your prayer. So I want to tell you guys something today. Forget about your Christmas end of year problems. Forget about your achievement goals for 2021. God doesn't work by calendar years. And some people are still telling you, it's 11th hour, you're still going to get your 11 hour miracles. Forget it. You're not going to get it. I'm sorry, you're not going to get your 11 hour miracle. You're going to walk in the seasons of God. You're going to walk in the seasons of God. That's what you will have. You're going to walk in the seasons of God. God is going to pull you out of trying to get things out of Him. Trying to get a job, trying to get a car. Walk in Zion. Do you know, God started taking everything from me. Do you understand? After that, God told me, okay, you get this job. You and I will have a deal. Three times a week, you preach across Scotland. I say, no problem. Drive my car to Edinburgh, park in the car spot. Get a team together. Hit the streets. Start preaching. One time we're giving out tracks. The Holy Spirit said, no, you must add your voice. I'll do that. Drive to Dundee. Drive to Glasgow. Drive to Edinburgh. Scotland has like about seven cities. I did all seven cities in a circuit. Two times, three times a week, I'll drive. Saturday, all my Saturdays out for preaching. One day, my minister, Mike, called me. Fiery Scottish man. Amazing guy, Mike. I'm going to bring him here one day. <laughs> Mike called me and said, Brother Mo. That's what he calls me. Let's go preach. I said, Mike, honestly, I'm too tired today. The Holy Spirit told me, Mike just left. Five minutes later, I just heard the priest said, eh, so you're tired. 
the next day I got a call from a head office in London. We are shutting down Scotland office. And we're not, oh, we're not going to transfer you to London. We don't need your services anymore. The very next day after I said I was tired, I'm like, God, you're harsh with me. So harsh. Why so harsh? God says, you're not for sale. 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 Many times I thought I was the one who was going to go to House of Reps. God told me, no. You're going to speak to the people who go to House of Reps. You're going to train them. You're not the one to go. We have to know our position in the kingdom. We have to know our position. You will teach the people who are going to go and become kings how to reign in righteousness. You will share with the people behind the scenes what I want them to do. You are not to go and be. Do you know we all want to be? Babel, we all want to be. The Lord will build up Zion. When he builds you up, he will appear in his glory. Hey! He will hear every prayer you're praying. You know why your prayers are not answered? You're one leg in, one leg out, one leg in, one leg out. After a while, I came back to Lagos and I said, oh, avail sis, we're going to do great things. We're going to do business intelligence. We're going to do industrial automation. The same thing I learned from Scotland. I'm coming to do it in Lagos. I'm going to be hot, man. I'm going to show people. I'm going to teach people how to do technology. I'm going to light up my boardroom. Ah, I was so fired up. Got Namfa. We did company papers. We finished everything. Got four customers. Towers in the Atlantic City. Tower here. This thing. I'm going to set up this building. I'm going to make sell the art, technology, ideas, IoT. From wherever you are in the world, press button, cream, your door will close. Come into the building. Nobody pointing temperature gun at you. Automatic thermal cameras will capture you. See you coming. Judge your temperature. Quarantine you if you're not ready. Do you understand? Like I was designing these things, like just building, just so excited about technology. Then guess what happened? Corona. All the doors slam, slam. The deals were signed out of the window. God says, "You again. <laughs> you are not for sale." Do you know how sometimes God's burden is upon you and you must stay within the confines. You must stay within the confines. You must stay within the confines. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but you must stay within the confines of your calling. You are part of a body. You're not alone. You're part of a body. You're part of a body. Recognize your place. Recognize the place where God has planted you and do well in that place for the Lord will build up Zion he will appear in his glory in your life <laughs> I can't tell you no more people whose lives have changed because I obeyed this call. I can't tell you the number of people are safe from suicide because I obeyed this call. I can't tell you the number of people who are 2 a.m. The Lord is telling me what to say to them. I can't tell you the number of people. And God said to me, don't behave like you're a married man. Behave like you are my son. Whatever time of day or night I give you an assignment to do, do it at that time. So people ask me, don't you sleep? No, I don't sleep. I sleep as I need to survive. I don't sleep. Text me at 2 a.m. You see, but I won't reply. Try it. My phone is not on. It's not on busy. I'm not too busy. I'm not busy. 
I'm not busy for the Lord. I'm no more busy. I've learned the lesson. Ah, busy. <laughs> you know what's going to happen to me next? <laughs> for some of us, the way God treats us is different from everybody else. He may not treat you like that. Maybe you're not, you're not there yet. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> for the Lord will build up Zion. If you hear this thing, your spirit, it should cause you to rejoice. God will build His holy city in you. God will change your focus. God will change what you're trying to be. Everywhere you're trying to go, whatever you're trying to do, God has already gone there ahead of you. God sees your ambition. God sees your heart cry. And He has in mind to build, to build you up. And His glory will appear around you. I see glory around many of you guys. Just glory. A sash of glory. Say amen. I see glory around you. If you see this glory, you can stand up and turn around. I see glory around you. I see glory around you. I see glory around you. I see the presence of God. I see a holy assignment surrounding you. I see God around your borders. I see the presence of God coming upon you. I see God breaking the chains around you. I see God raising you up from being a destitute to a man of strength, to a woman of strength. Receive the glory. Receive Zion. Step out of Babylon. Step out of the broken base. Step out of the tall towers. Step out of the old city. Come into the new for I have a city for you I have a city for you I have a city for you you may be seated let's round this up journey from Babel to Zion the journey from Babel is from self into God journey from rebellion to obedience journey from many words to wiser speech journey from destruction to rebuilding journey from hate to love journey from casual engagement to a willingness journey from being weak and, and tired and lethargic to a place of fire stir up the fire stir up the fire so i want you to pray over this lift up one hand and say god i'm journeying from self to god i'm journeying from rebellion to obedience i'm moving from many words to wiser speech in you i'm journeying from destruction to rebuilding i'm going from hate to love i'm going from hate to love amen amen in conclusion let's take a look at babel again Babel was strategized by man for man. Babel was built by brick and mortar, referring to human effort. Babel was trying to open occult portals. Babel was known as the center of human civilization. Babel is for the survival of the fittest. The strongest people survive in Babel. Zion was created by God for man. Zion brings down heaven's parameters. Zion helps you unlock godly portals. Ancient gates of God will be open for you. Zion is redemption focused and Zion favors the obedient. Zion favors the obedient. Amen. Amen. 
So many of us, God is calling us to raise our sights above what we think Christianity was all about. For many of us, we just want to be good, make money, grow. This is good. For many of us, we just want to be good people, have family, marry, have children. What if I tell you that God doesn't want you to marry? Do you understand? Some of us, God may not want us to marry. There's something in Africa that makes people believe that if you're not married, something is wrong with you. Let me tell you, maybe some people, God doesn't want them to marry. You have it in the Bible. Jesus was never married. Paul, the apostle, was never married. Daniel was never married. Daniel, Shadrach, and Abednego were called. They were eunuchs. They were castrated men. They were never married. But Daniel saw revelation you could not deny that this was a man of God and he lived God's purpose in his lifetime. Sorry, Pierre. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> Maybe God doesn't want you to marry. What if God doesn't want I'm not saying he doesn't want you to marry. Maybe he doesn't. Do you understand? I can see all the sisters <laughs> not knowing where to put their faces. You are married, you own, you have four children now. Come and tell us not to marry. What if God doesn't want you to, to work that job? That you are praying and say, God, I want to resign. I don't want to resign. What if God wants you to resign? This is the other side. Because his plans for you are good. His plans for you are beautiful. And the devil wants you distracted constantly. Constantly distracted. So you are never able. Never able to respond. Never able to reply to what he wants. And some people feel like they are not good for marriage. But God wants them to marry. Because it's the other way around too. Some people feel like, I will not be a good mom. God says, no, you're going to be a great mom. Some people feel like, so do you know what you feel like is a lie? You have to take it back into the spirit and process it. If that idea came from you or came from trauma, it's not true. Who you think you are is not really real. It's not you. Take it into the spirit. That's how to find the heart of God in Zion. Come to a new place where the glory of God will be released. Come to a new place where the power of God will be manifest. Come to another place where the, your heart will boil with the grace of God for a new time. This is Zion, the city of God. Let us pray. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.